I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. Unfortunately, Rick could not join us today. This week was his choice. It was Howl's Moving Castle. This is personally one of my favorite animes. Uh, it is done by Studio Ghibli. It was uh, licensed by Walt Disney, and the producers of it were D. Wrights and Tokuma Shoten. It originally came out in November 2004. It is a adventure, drama, fantasy, romance uh, movie, and it is very kid-friendly. This is something that you and your whole family can enjoy. This movie really follows along Sophie and Howell. And their story and and how they're coming together. Now, it starts off with Sophie looking really young, looking like a youthful early 20s, I would say, woman. Uh, Howell being roughly around the same age. Living in, and Howell lives in a castle that moves that looks like it's actually made up of different parts several different parts including some smoke stacks and everything else it, it is it is quite the mess now when S- sophie first meets howl uh she doesn't believe it's howl because well he only goes after beautiful young women and also he is a wizard that only goes after women's hearts And they have to be, according to the rumor, beautiful women. And that he devours their hearts. Why? How? And what way did this rumor came about? Or why this comes about is another story entirely. One of which I do not know. I would love to know, actually, why. It is based off of a novel. So maybe it is gone into detail. A little bit more in the novel, I would hope. Maybe? Yeah. Well, when she first meets him, it's because she's getting harassed by a couple of soldiers and he saves her, but he's also using her as a shield, so to speak. He He's trying to throw off the Witch of the Waste because the Witch of the Waste really wants him. He don't want any part of her, but she really wants him. Because he's a young strapping man and she also later on talks about eating them up or something like that or devouring their hearts or something. I don't know. She's a little weird and God knows how old she is. Um, You can tell, like, you learn that she uses magic to keep her youthful appearance and when the story progresses on, she has her magic stripped from her. She looks pretty old. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but Witch of the Waste is a side character that's kind of pivotal at a couple of points, the beginning and really at the end. Um, Now, she meets Sophie, the Witch of the 
waist meets Sophie and curses her because she's plucky were the words of the witch of the waste. And what ends up happening is Sophie is forced to be physically aged and look how she feels and acts. I guess they don't, they don't specify the details of the curse, which I would love. I would love to, to know the details of this curse and how it works. Cause they, they don't detail it. I mean, like, the impression I got is she's going to look how she feels. And so if she looks and acts old, she's going to look and be old. But if she acts and feels young, then she will be young. Kind of, uh, kind of unique. I mean, like if that's the case, if she were to act and feel like a child, a baby, would she instantly regress to being a baby? Or would she go back to her youngest point at which the curse was implemented? So like maybe her early 20s. That would be something really interesting to know. Now, if anyone's read the book or if they happen to know the more intimate details of something like that, please reach out to me and let me know uh, at featuredanimepodcast at gmail.com. I, I, w- I would love to know. I mean, if because that would be real. That's a really interesting curse. I mean... If there was a curse like that, like, how would that work? How would that, like, what would be the the long-term ramifications of that? Like, would you, could you at that point perpetually be young forever? I mean, like, you technically could stop aging as a result of that curse. Also, on the flip side, you can cause yourself to die instantly. I don't know. That's that's a really interesting thought. When Sophie be- gets cursed, anyways, back back to the movie. Um, when this when Sophie gets cursed, she she becomes this old lady, and they don't go over the details of it. You just know that she can. When she's sleeping, she's young, she's youthful. When she's awake, she ain't so young and youthful. She looks like she's in her seventies, eighties, nineties, depending. Uh, at the beginning, she looks like she's 90-something, and, and she eventually gets younger and younger and younger. Uh, as the story progresses on, she starts getting more energy, becoming feeling a little bit more youthful, and moving on in life, and meeting Calcifer, who is a fire demon that's actually living inside the Howl's castle that's moving it. And actually holding it together. Because of Calcifer, this castle is allowed to move around. Why not? It's a magical world. Every We have witches and wizards. Why not a fire place that has a very mushy bottom, apparently? Because you see it get picked up. Why not have that thing uh, hold the house? Now, you find out it's a fire demon. But why he's restrained to the house, they don't go into the details. You Because... When you're cursed, and they do specify this, when you're cursed, you cannot give the details of the curse. So you can't talk about it. You can't give details about it. You just say, hey, I's accursed. And that's it. Assuming you can even say you're cursed. I don't even think, yeah. And that's about it. You can say you're cursed, and that's it. I am cursed. Howl is cursed. We are cursed together. You need to figure out the details of this curse, and that's what he tells Sophie. He's like, hey, you help me break the curse that Hal and I are under. I will help you break your curse. Now, 
Calcifer, being the fire demon that he is, whether or not he can actually break the curse is never truly discussed or discovered. You just assume that Sophie breaks her own curse at the end? Kind of? I mean, she does have gray hair at the end, even though she looks like, with the exception of the hair, how she did at the beginning. And... I guess the easiest way to to really describe and talk about this story is that Hal used to be a very powerful magical wizard who was known for being a womanizer. And at least that's the rumor. And then uh, Sophie just is a simple hat maker who gets cursed for having ran into him by, by no means of herself she just he just popped up he was there he was in her face he's like bam i'm gonna walk with you and that was it and then the witch of the waste gets pissed off at her and curses her which then drives her to howl through a random event because of that so she gets cursed she just wanders off because she can't stay home because she's cursed and looks like she's 90 years old and through being with Howl, she starts feeling youthful starts having all this energy and starts really you know coming to terms and then along the way she also runs into a scarecrow with the head of a turnip and that's pretty much the whole significance of him is that he's a scarecrow that has the head of a turnip now when sophie meets hal the second time at his home in the moving castle she is of the old lady now hal knows i i um, I get the feeling, at least my interpretation is, he sees her and he knows who she is. Like, instantly. He he doesn't need her to really say anything, doesn't need any other clues, anything like that. And, you know, I, I would even argue that Calcifer even knows who she is instantly. Because you just get this feeling that that they know each other. Like, they all know her. Not that she knows them, but they know her. And as the story progresses on, as he really starts maturing and and moving on in life and becoming a a man, uh, you also have this other character that's there, a part of them, Markle. Now, Markle is a child who is the apprentice of Hal. Now, how he came to be there and why he is there is never discussed. You just know that there is a 10-year-old, I would assume maybe 12 at the most, there with a man living with him as his apprentice. Now, what happened to his parents, why he's there, if there's any special backstory to him, never discussed. I would love to know this. I would, I would love to know why he is there, wh- how he came to be there, but... In terms of the grander scheme or in terms of the story as a whole, I guess it's really not that important. But you learn as Hal is, as the story progresses on, also that Hal, with his curse, he, when he's turning into this like beast bird thing, it's becoming harder and harder for him to turn back into a human. And you get from the discussion that he has with Calcifer while everyone's asleep that that is a part of the curse and that's the reason why he's having difficulty turning back or or what's happening is he's slowly becoming that that bird beast thing and that's the result of his curse 
pretty interesting, if if I may say. Which also, I mean, like, every time he turns into it, it becomes a little bit harder for him to go go back, which is also stated. I mean, like, which is why it's a little urgent for the curse to be broken for them. And, and you really get this from Calcifer. Every time he talks to her, every time Hal comes back, it's always a a point of, like... Yes, he doesn't look good. You really need to hurry up and find a way to break the curse. And he says that every time Hal comes back. Now, you do have some points in, in there where it's like kind of joking. He's he's very, very flamboyant. He's very fem. Uh, he is very metro in terms of his looks and appearance. He's very well groomed and manicured. He's very well dressed and stylish. I could never pull off the clothes or looks he does. That is for very sure. And what ends up happening is Sophie cleans up their mess of a bathroom. Dear God, that bathroom was such a mess uh, when they show it. Because they first show when she first gets to the house. I'm sorry for backtracking. When When she first gets to the house, to House Castle, that house, that place is a mess. Like, it is an utter mess. Of a place, there's trash, cobwebs, rats, God knows what else, trash piled up. Like, there's all kinds of stuff stuffed in that sink. Like, how can you be there and 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 endure that kind of smell? Is just, it's mind-boggling. It's, it's ridiculous. But, I mean, there are hoarders out there. There are people out there that are do that on a daily or weekly or whatever basis. So... I guess I understand, but she just goes through and, and, and my God, how fast she can clean is ridiculous because she cleaned up that entire bottom section or that entire section. When she first walks in, she cleans it in like an hour and we're not talking like, Oh, just a couple trash bags. No, we're talking like bags and bags and bags and dumpsters and dumpsters of stuff. Like a, a lot of junk and trash. It's just, it's, miraculous it's amazing how how fast she was able to do it dear god i I would love to hire her to clean my house so i wouldn't have to do it probably clean it a lot better than me i'm no i'm no slob i like a clean house but dear god what ends up happening as the story really progresses on is you learn that there's a deeper connection in between them that they start developing and one of the ways one of the things he does that that you learn at a point in which he's really maturing himself is when she's going to the castle because he's been summoned and he, he's, he's known for running away. He even says, I'm a coward. I have all this stuff and it's meant to keep people away. I don't want people to find me and everything else. And I just don't want people to know me. And he does his little poor, poor, pitiful me pity party type thing. And he's like, I'm just a coward. Sends her to the, to the, king because he was summoned because they're at war why they're at war who they're at war with what what the premise or anything having to do with the war you don't know nothing you just learn that they're at war and that there's bombings and fighting going on and that's it which i get it's not really important to the story of them it's not important for you to know what they're going to war about or anything like that because it's a story about Hal and Sophie and not about the war. Now, 
when she gets summoned to the castle, you learn about a sorceress, Solomon. And Solomon was Hal's master. He was he was Solomon's apprentice, and and you get the feeling that she is scary powerful. Like she like honestly, with how powerful you you get the feeling that Solomon is, with how powerful you feel like she is, you feel like she should be able to just like blink and completely obliterate the opposing force. Like like that's 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 the feeling that I get when I see that. Now, as as the story progresses, as everything's moving on, it's really starting to come in, at the end it really all starts tying in nicely and neatly and it really plays well because how at the end he comments or or it's commented that he's not running away. And they said that that's not like him, that that's very unusual for him. He, 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 through his gestures, through his um, own means, you learn that he agrees with that and that that's all right, though. He's like, I'm okay with that. What he's doing, he finally found something that he is willing to fight and survive for. He, he finally found something that he's willing to stand up for and not run away. And that person is Sophie. And as the story really progressed, there's their love, there's their connection, their chemistry really grew together. And at the end, when, when he's, he doesn't care about himself anymore, he's just sitting there trying to protect his woman. He's trying to protect the woman he loves and his home that he has with her. And and at that point, you learn how far he's willing to go because he gets to a point where he basically will not turn back. And you learn that. And so Sophie pulls Calcifer out of the house trying to, because, you know, like I said, there's a war and it ends up getting to their front door. And so to try and make it so that Hal will run away so that he will get away from it. So that way he can, you know, save himself. So he's not trying to protect the house is she pull pulls Calcifer out of the house and then it completely kills the linking in between the house and Hal's castle. Because you see that house was being teleported through a doorway that was held there that was put there with magic through calcifer and Hal, that allowed them to travel in between where the castle physically was where they're actually were staying in black portal that no one's ever been able to go in other than Hal, and in another place which before uh, Sophie went to the castle was another home after Sophie went to the castle because they had to run away they couldn't be at the same addresses anymore so to speak was a uh nice little cottage out in the middle of nowhere which is honestly that area where that was i would love to live there my god absolutely beautiful i would love to know what it's like during the winter and during the summer it looked like they were there at the at the just uh the beginning part of summer so I, i i wonder what it's like during the peak point of summer what the weather's like year round after Sophie pulls Calcifer out of the house, they go back in. And then she says, we need to figure out a way to get to him 
and save Howell. Well, Calcifer says, I can't do really do anything. The house has been destroyed and there is no no chimney or anything anymore. I, I can't I can't do anything. Not without Hal. I, I could do it if I had a sacrifice. And she's like, well, what can I do? He's like, well, can you give me your eyes? And he's like, well, I kind of need that, Calcifer. I need my eyes to see. How about some hair? He he goes, perfect. Snips her hair, eats it. So now she has short hair. She used to have long hair. And, and then with that little bit, he's able to create a little bipod thing and it starts running along to where Hal would be. Now, what ends up happening is Calcifer says, imagine what I could do if you had given me your eyes or your heart. And the Witch of the Waste, who is there because she had her magic stripped, she, she apparently she, you know, came with him. She, she was hitched a ride and no one kicked her out. So she was still there instantly learns that Calcifer has Hal's heart. And so she grabs Calcifer and gets set ablaze. And so Sophie instinctively throws water on the witch of the waste natural reaction, considering she was on fire, but almost douses Calcifer. Now a key point of this curse is, is if Calcifer or Hal die, the other one dies too. So they either both live or they both die. And this is made apparent and, and stated a couple times throughout. If I die, Hal dies, which it also works and vice versa. If Hal dies, Calcifer dies. Because the Witch of the Waste had grabbed the heart and doused it, the bipod thing falls apart almost completely. And starts falling down, and, and then Sophie starts falling. And when she comes to, she sees the wreckage around her, and, and there's this ring that she has. It starts sliding up, and it starts pointing a little stream of light to where the door is. And she sees it, and it opens, and it's the black portal. The, the void space that only house supposedly could go into. Well, when she goes into it, it's dark. It's not dark as in black. It's a black void, obviously, but she see, she ends up in Hal's past when he's a kid and it's night out and there's a bunch of shooting stars. And as he's walking along, he picks up a shooting star fragment or the shooting star, which, which is Calcifer. But his first reaction is, I picked this up and I am going to eat it because, yes, that is what all sane people do. I have this shooting star, fire demon, whatever. I am going to eat him. Now, you don't know if there's an exchange or anything like that. You just, you just see him hold it and then he eats it. And then he holds his chest and then out comes Calcifer with his heart. Because apparently that is what you do. Why you do that, I do not know. But she learns at that point how to save them. And so she starts yelling at them because she's in the past, apparently. Yells at them, find me. I know how to save you. Yay, team. That says a lot. But why would they listen to some random person that was right there and then that, that randomly gets swallowed up by the ground again? So she, she leaves the void. She sees Hal at that point. 
in his beast form and he just flies to where Calcifer is. He sees her. He's like, I need you. I know you're tired. I need you to take me to where Calcifer is. So Hal in the beast form that he is flies her over to where he is. Doesn't say anything. You, You don't even know if he's really alive mentally or otherwise lands, turns back into a human after collapsing, takes the heart from the witch of the waste and then just shoves it right back in his chest through his clothes and all. And at that point, Calcifer pops out in his shooting star form and is happy and disappears. And um, and then Hal wakes up pretty uh has a pretty heavily weighted piece on his chest. He's like, ah, oh, my God, this is a pretty heavy, pretty heavy uh weight. She's like, well, yeah, heart is a lot of responsibility there, mister. Well, well, thank you, genius. I never knew having a heart was a lot of responsibility. I mean, like, I guess, I guess I get why she was saying that. Yeah, I felt like it could have been left out, but that's beside the point. And then they start falling down. They start, you know, going all the way down the hill because Calcifer's gone and the, the biped finally completely falls apart and they start sliding down. And then Turniphead, being right there, the scarecrow that he is, saves everyone by jumping in front of it, shaving down his scarecrow pole to a little nub almost and snapping it. And she being happy and wonderful and youthful again because she's now always full of energy. She feels young and youthful, so she doesn't look old, but her hair is still silver or gray. Um, Kisses Turniphead. And then Turniphead turns into a prince from the neighboring kingdom, which apparently is the reason why everyone went to war. Now, the one thing they don't state, and he says, I don't know how it happened, is how did he get cursed like that? Also, the details apparently of the curse, because the Witch of the Waste knows, is that it only breaks with a kiss from your true love, which apparently Sophie is his true love, but she's too busy being in love with Howell. Kind of interesting. It's like, well, just because they're your true love doesn't mean you have to love them just because fate says they're your true love. I mean, like, heck, I would have known, I would have loved to know if the dog licked him and he turned back. You know, if a dog came up and licked his turn up head and he, poof, he's back, would that mean the dog's his true love? Maybe. It'd be pretty interesting to find out. It'd be really interesting to find out. Now, on a scale of zero to five, how would I rate this? I would give it a 4.8. And the reason why I give it a 4.8 is because I would love a little bit more detail about that world, about the story, about what went on, and 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 just kind of have a better understanding. It was a great movie, truly a wonderful movie, gave it a wonderful happy ending, a nice, beautiful, happy ending. It's just, I would love a little bit more story or or a little bit more like a little bit of an explanation as to what the heck that curse is and why it affected her the way it did like they never specified the name of the curse they never talked about the curse or or gave you any kind of anything for for the curse so next week's choice is my choice and it is akashic records of 
Bastard Magic Instructor. It's 12 episodes long. It is a mature rating, so not for the kiddies at all. Uh, it is a action comedy fantasy magic school, and it came out in spring of 2017. I've seen this one, and uh, if I am not mistaken, Rick has also seen this one. So it'll be a pretty interesting uh, viewing for both of us to kind of revisit it and talk about it. Um, if you have seen this, if you've seen next week's or any of the previous ones or anything like that, and you have some uh, feedback or your own viewpoints you would like to share on it, feel free to reach out to us at featured anime podcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at those anime guys we are also uh we also have a voicemail link in the show notes feel free to leave us a voicemail we'll feature you on one of the upcoming episodes also don't forget to share uh this podcast with any with some of your friends or anyone else you feel would be interested in hearing about some anime until next time I am Jack. Later. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.